The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. And I'll say the word of the Lord. I've heard a couple of you that this has been a challenging foundation verse to memorize because you already know it. You already memorized it in a different translation, maybe the King James or the NIV. And so coming to the ESV version has just been a challenge. Well, I'm grateful for you giving the, the attempt to try to memorize it in Psalm 23. But we are, many of us are very familiar with this passage. You might have uh, memorized it. It might be your favorite psalm. You might have heard it read at a funeral uh, as, a, as a way to comfort those who are mourning. Maybe you've seen it on a, a Hallmark card or uh, heard it referenced on TV. A lot of us have heard this psalm before. This is a, this is a familiar psalm. And so as I was thinking about it, I, I listened to a couple of different uh, sermons on it and did my own reflection, and I really felt like the Lord was asking me to do something a little bit different with this psalm. Uh, and so tonight, instead of just preaching on Psalm 23, I'm actually going to pray through Psalm 23. See, so we're in a sermon series right now called Praying with God, and my, my kind of big goal for this series was to get each of us comfortable with praying through the Psalms, so, so that we would walk away and say, all right, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to read a Psalm. I'm going to, I'm going to reflect. I'm going to meditate on that Psalm, and I'm going to pray back to the Lord. But I think I would be personally remiss as your pastor if I didn't take the time to show you what that could look like. And so tonight, uh, we're going to spend, I'm going to spend about 30 minutes praying 30 to 35 minutes praying through Psalm 23. And many of you might be thinking, oh no, I have to bow my head and close my eyes and fold my hands for the next 30 minutes. Why did I come this week? Well, the good thing about prayer is that that is one way that you can pray. You can bow your head and close your eyes and, and, and clasp your hands. But you can also pray looking up to heaven. We have examples of Jesus looking up to heaven when he prayed. Uh, if you want, you can pray uh, with me as you look at the cross. You can look out the windows. You can look around at other people. Maybe that's a little weird. Uh, you could take, you could close your eyes, and if, if you fall asleep, like, that's okay. Our, our sermon says, our, our passage talks about lying down in green pastures, so I will just feel like you're really getting into uh, the Psalm 23 this week. Uh, but I hope that you'll attune your heart to my heart, that's what it means to pray with someone. It doesn't mean that you're like repeating the words that they're saying after they're saying them in your head. You certainly could do that. That's a way to stay focused. But it means you're kind of following my train of thought 
and you're agreeing with it. You're saying, Lord, would this be so? Would this be true? When you say amen to something, when people say amen at the end of their prayers, amen means verily or truly. So when you say amen or you whisper it or you think it, when you, when you say that in your mind, you're saying, Lord, would this be true? Would this be true? And that's how we pray with someone else as, as they pray. And so today, I'm going to pray verse by verse through Psalm 23, and I would ask you to join me, and uh, it'll be obvious when we get to the end. You can, you can also look down at the text, so you can kind of follow along as, as I go through, and, and you'll hear some of my reflection, because I did study this passage this week. You'll hear some of my reflection on this passage in my prayer, but hopefully, uh, hopefully this will touch your heart in a way uh, that me speaking at you can't. So you're going to listen in to a conversation between me and my father. Would you join me in prayer? Psalm 23, a psalm of David. Father, thank you for David. Thank you for King David. And he lived 3,000 years ago, and yet he was a man just like me. He was a man just like us here today. And yet we know that he was also broken. He was sinful. He, he made mistakes. He committed adultery. He murdered. He was a warrior. He was a broken man who needed to experience your forgiveness. And we take great comfort, Father, in knowing that King David was a man after your own heart. Thank you that each one of us here tonight, that we can draw near to you in our sins, in our brokenness. That we don't have to be a, a perfect ruler, a perfect king or queen of our own lives. That we can simply just draw near into your presence and open up our hearts. Heavenly Father, would you help us open up our hearts to you like we see King David doing in this psalm? Would we open up our hearts to you in this prayer? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord. Heavenly Father, this is your special covenant name, Yahweh. Thank you that you are not a God of the clouds, that you're not a God that hides from us, that you're not a God that, that we can't know. We're not just guessing. Thank you that you have revealed yourself to us. Thank you that you have given us your name. You have introduced yourself to humankind, Yahweh, the Lord, Jesus our Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, you have revealed yourself to us. And you haven't just revealed yourself as an impersonal force. You have revealed yourself as a personal God. You have revealed yourself as our good shepherd. When I think about the God of the universe, I don't imagine a shepherd a smelly, dirty shepherd in a field watching over a flock. And yet that is how you 
have revealed yourself to us, that you're our good shepherd, that we're your sheep. That doesn't make sense, God. That doesn't make sense at all. But you're our good shepherd. You, you, you care for us. You love us. You lead us through life. You bring us contentment. I shall not want. Heavenly Father, I want to confess my sin, and, and I know maybe some of the sins in this room of discontentment, of, of, of not being content, of, of, of always wanting more. Heavenly Father, I want more all the time. And yet you have given me yourself. You've, you've given me everything in you, and yet I look to other things for my happiness. I look to entertainment. I look to relationships. I look to the creation instead of the creator. Thank you for forgiving me of this sin. Thank you that, that we are your sheep, and you can also relate to us as the sheep. That Jesus, you stepped down and you became the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That you stepped up onto a cross and sacrificed yourself for us so that we who are dirty and sinful lambs can be forgiven. Thank you for taking my punishment. Jesus, would I find my ultimate contentment in you and in your sacrifice for me? I read a, a little bit of a book this week, Father, by Philip Keller, a shepherd. And he described just a beautiful ewe sheep, a female sheep who was perfectly formed, beautiful physique. She gave birth to, to lamb. She had a, a wonderful coat of wool. And yet there was one problem with her. She was always wanting to get through the fence and go to the next field. They could be in the most lush and green field there ever was, and she would be looking at the, the brown, rocky field right next door. Jesus, I confess that that's my heart too. If there's others here tonight that feel that way, you forgive them as well. Help us find our contentment in Christ Jesus and what he has done for us, our good shepherd. Heavenly Father, I pray for the under-shepherds, the shepherds that you have given this flock. I pray for our elders. I lift up John and Terry and Andy, and myself before you. God, give us wisdom and discernment to know what are wolves, <laughs> to be able to pick out wolves and protect the flock. Give us love for our sheep. Give us compassion and joy in the task of being shepherds. Protect our families. Protect the ones we love. Watch over them. Help us protect the flock. Help us love your flock. 
Help us be good under shepherds. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Lord, thank you for rest. Thank you that it's okay to do nothing. Thank you that it's okay to be bored. Thank you for days of rest that you give us. Thank you for for the spiritual rest which you have given to us through Christ Jesus. God, you're the good shepherd who is perfectly at peace in his own realm. You, 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 through your son, Christ Jesus, stepped down into our unrest. You stepped down into our, our chaos and our sin so that we could enter your rest. So that through Christ Jesus, the perfect lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, we could enter into your presence. Lord, if there's any here tonight that have not entered into your rest, would you soften their hearts? Would they become your sheep this evening? Would you create belief, repentance and belief in their hearts? Oh, there are so many lost sheep that need to come into the green pasture that Christ oversees, our chief shepherd. Lord, thank you for the mountains and the, the trees and their branches and the leaves and Thank you for the great outdoors and how they refresh us. Thank you for all of creation. Thank you for the Cape. Thank you that we can go to the the beach and see the ocean in the summer. Thank you for these waters that we can go and enjoy. Thank you that you're a God who cares about reality and concrete things like trees, and you call us to enjoy them. You really cause us to, to lay down in green pastures. Help us this summer to to lay down in green pastures and enjoy the waters of refreshment that you give us. Father, we remember that there is a river of life flowing from your throne, flowing from your presence. Would we be refreshed by you? Father, would we be refreshed physically, but would we also be refreshed spiritually as we encounter your word, as we encounter the scriptures? Would they nourish us, your words that you have given to us to give us eternal life? Help us lie down in these pastures, in the pages of scriptures, and and in your word, in these cool waters. Help us to love your word and to be refreshed by your word. He restores my soul. Father, this word for, for soul is the word nephesh. It means breath or life. Father, I know many of us might feel a little out of breath tonight. Our souls may feel a little empty. I know mine certainly does all the time. God, we come and we get so busy and we, we pour out, we pour out, we give to our family, we give to our jobs, we give to our friends, we give to our, our hobbies, our, our things that we love and, and sometimes we're just empty and we have nothing else to give. Would your Holy Spirit come this evening, tonight, and restore our souls? 
Would you fill us up? Would you give us energy and vitality? Would you help us experience the truth that we have a good shepherd who has laid down his life for us? Would that restore our souls? Would it fill us up? Would it give us hope? Would we walk away refreshed tonight, Father? This is only something that you can do. It's a supernatural, spiritual work. We need you to fill us to the brim. Because without you, we're empty. I pray, Father, for those that are here that are empty and they've never experienced the restoration, the, the filling of Christ Jesus, the filling of the Holy Spirit. Would you give your spirit to them? Would you restore their souls through Jesus, through your word? He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Father, thank you that you are an active shepherd. You're not just a shepherd that says the flock can do anything they want. I don't care about my creation. I'm the, the God of the agnostics. I just I wander away into the universe and say goodbye. Thank you that you're the God who, who enters in who sits with the sheep, who at night guards the sheep entrance, who, who is taken on the task of caring for animals that cannot care for themselves, a 24 hours a day, seven days a week job. That's what you do for us. You're leading us, and you, you lead us to places that we don't expect. I certainly didn't expect to be here. Thank you for leading Cornerstone in the way that you have led us. It's an amazing story, God, that only you could have written. I could not have written Cornerstone. You brought this building uh, into our laps. You brought a team. You brought my wife and I. You brought so many people into place in order to make this church a reality. This is you leading us down a path, Father. Would you continue to lead us down a path? Good shepherd, lead us forward because we can't lead ourselves. Would you be the chief shepherd? of this church, would there be no denying that you're the one who's leading this church and you're leading us in paths of righteousness. Righteousness just means right standing before you, God. We wanna be, we wanna be righteous. We wanna honor you with our lives. We wanna obey you. Help us do that. We thank you that we find our righteousness first and foremost in the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Now, we can't win our righteousness, but we can certainly walk in paths of righteousness. Thank you for the righteousness that that, that lamb has put upon us, that, that because of, of Jesus the lamb's sacrifice, our, our dirty and sinful coats of wool are paid for on him, and his, his beautiful white spirit spotless coat of wool is just wrapped around us. That we're righteous. That we're holy. God, help us live lives that look righteous. We know that, we're, we know that you count us as righteous, but we need to live lives of holiness. Help us do that because we can't do it apart from you, apart from your Holy Spirit. This is for your reputation. This is for your name's sake, Father. We want to honor you. We want to bring you praise. We want to bring you fame. We want to honor your reputation. Your reputation is on the line if we call ourselves Christians and live lives of disobedience. 
Father, that's my sin. Help us to live lives of obedience, honoring you. Would you be the, the God of our lives? Would we not prop up any other idols? Would we, not, would we not live as if we are the gods of our lives, but would we live that you are the shepherd? You're the, you're the good one who leads us forward. Father, we know that you're taking us someplace good, just like we sang tonight, but we also know that you take us some places that are dark. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Father, I know there are people in this room who have been through the dark valley. Maybe they're even in the dark valley right now. Lord, thank you so much for Diane's testimony, her faith story. But I know her chest hurts and she's coughing. God, she's in a time of trial and a time of fear. Would you take away her fears? Just love her. Help her sense the good shepherd, the good shepherd's leading her through this dark valley. Lord, I, I pray for Andy and Carrie. Andy with his back and Carrie with her migraines. This is a shadow. This is a crippling shadow on their life. God, we don't know why you're having them go through this dark valley, why it, it seems like it's lasting so long, but we know that you're good. Would you walk with them through this dark valley? Lord, I pray for Lisa and her car issues. That's a a time of testing her faith. Would you walk with her? Would we walk with her through this dark valley? You provide everything she needs. Lord, I think of Joe and Jenny. They've walked through the dark valley of cancer. It's been a long journey so far, and it seems like they're coming into the light, that they're coming through the other side, but they're still in the valley. Would you provide everything you need for them in this dark valley so that they can get through it? Lord, I'm so proud of this church and how we have loved and encouraged them. Would we continue to do this? Lord, I think of Noah's family. The little boy who died at six years old. His family is in a very dark valley. And it's just the beginning. I don't know if they know you. I don't know if they know your son. Would Jesus step down into that valley with them? Would they come to know the comfort of the Redeemer, of the one who has defeated sin and death and who rose from the grave? Would they have utmost hope and confidence in Christ and believe that it's not the end and know that it's not the end through Jesus? Lord, I pray for dark valleys in this room that we're too afraid to mention or too ashamed to mention. Lord, would you walk with each one of us through our dark valleys and would you help us cry out for help from others so that we can walk through these dark valleys together? Father, I think of Pilgrim's Progress, John Bunyan. 
pilgrim named Christian who had to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And it was a ferocious place. It was a scary place. There was a ditch on one side and a gully on another side. And there was demons and, and a cloud of confusion. And there was just a darkness to that place. And in the midst of that valley, he looked into the, the very doorway to hell. But what got him through was not his sword, but prayer. He cried out to you, Lord, deliver me. And then ahead in the darkness, he heard another pilgrim praying this prayer. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And that helped get him through the other side. Father, would this verse, for those that are in dark valleys, would this become our prayer? Good shepherd, get us through the valley. I pray that you would deliver those that are in the valley of darkness, even now, even tonight. And if there are those of us that are walking in the valley and they do not have the hope of Christ, would you, would you step into to their journeys, to their paths? Thank you that we don't have to be afraid of evil because of what Jesus did on the cross, that he paid the penalty for our sins, that he defeated sin, that he defeated death, that he defeated evil. This is a message that needs to change our entire world, Lord, and we know that one day it will, but until that day, we're still in the valley. <laughs> Would you bring healing? Would you help us share this good news that there are green valleys, there are still waters, that the valley of darkness does not last forever? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Father, remind us of the presence of Christ, the presence of our good shepherd, the presence of your Holy Spirit. We think of your rod and your staff. These are shepherd's tools. The rod was a, an instrument of discipline, of, of, of protecting the flock, of, a, uh, of attacking wolves. Father, would we be a church that is not afraid to exercise church discipline? Give wisdom to the elders and to the congregation. Would we not shy away from that if it's needed? But would we do so graciously? And only in your timing. Father, thank you for the people in my life that have given me discipline. Thank you for my parents. Thank you for other people that have had the boldness to, to, to talk to me about my sins. Would we be a church that extends so much grace to each other and yet is also willing to talk to each other about our sins so that we can walk in paths of righteousness? Thank you for the staff, Father. Thank you that it's not just a rod of discipline, but it's also a, there's a staff of rescue that you pull us out of, of mires and bogs and thickets. That you, that we're the sheep that so get lost that we, we, we're always wandering away and yet you pull us back again. Lord, I can think of so many sheep that have walked away, even at this church. Would you pull them back? And if, if we're beginning to wander, if we're beginning to go astray, Father, would you pull us back? Would you rescue us from ourselves? This comforts us, Father, just knowing that you have both those tools. 
We thank you for your Holy Spirit who is the comforter and that you, that you apply perfect comfort in each situation. Apply that to our hearts, hearts tonight, Father, if there are those of us that, that are not comforted. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Father, we live in a time in which we buy into the lie, and I personally buy into this lie that people around me are enemies. Lord, I think of the abortion industry. God, it's so easy for me to be angry about that. And yet these are broken people. These are mothers who are desperate, who don't know what to do. These are doctors who have been lied to about life. Father, we know that in our power, we can never do anything to fix the situation. But we know that in your power, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the gospel, through the good news about Jesus Christ, you could actually sit us down with those people. We could sit at the same table and experience healing and forgiveness and reconciliation. Lord, would you bring an end to the abortion industry? But would it be through a way that surprises us? Would it be through, through perfect, life-giving reconciliation and healing? And would we be a people as the church? Would we not be known for what we are against, but what we are for? And we are for Christ Jesus. We are for life in all stages. Lord, I think of other conflicts and tensions in our society, in our culture. I think of the black community and the police. How there seems to be so much war right now. God, I, I fit into neither one of those communities. But I can pray and I can ask you, the one who can do anything to bring reconciliation. Would you give both listening ears and listening hearts and, and, and reconciliation and repentance and bring them together so the two enemies sit down at the same table, become friends. Father, we remember that in our own sin, in our own evilness, in our own depravity, we were your enemies. We were going to hell. We deserved hell. But because of Jesus, because of him stepping down into our darkness, we can be forgiven. And now we can sit at your table. You anoint our heads with oil, our cups overflow. These are just signs of abundance and blessing, life. We don't deserve these, but you give them to us. You give us life. Thank you for the eternal life that we can experience right now through Christ Jesus. Thank you for the eternal life that we will one day experience unhindered by sin because of what Jesus has done on the cross. Thank you that the day is coming soon, that it's one day closer at the end of this day. But Lord, we want to tell others about this good shepherd who can fill up their cups, who can anoint their heads with oil. Father, I remember last week as we prayed for Diane 
as the elders anointed her with oil and prayed for her, she'd be healed. I remember how Terry explained anointing, how anointing was a way that people throughout the Bible were consecrated to you, God. That kings and prophets and priests, they were set aside for your purposes. And as we anointed Diane, we were saying, God, would you set aside her body for your purposes? Father, we're anointed people. If we claim to follow Jesus, if we claim that Jesus is our Lord, each and every one is set aside for your purposes. God, help us discover the purposes that you have created each one of us uniquely for and empower us to to, to, to do them. Would we live out your purposes in this world? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, I think of the goodness and mercy that you have given me personally. Thank you for this little boy that's about to come into the world. God, thank you for all the good things and all the mercy that you have shown to each one of these people in this room. This word mercy means loving kindness. It's the special covenant love. Thank you that we can experience your loving kindness, your special covenant love through Jesus. Thank you that it's through Jesus that we experience both goodness and love. We experience mercy because of Christ, what he has done. Thank you for the cross. Thank you that he has paid the penalty for my sin and for our sin. God, we're so lost without you. We're like a a sheep wandering in the darkness all alone. But you come and you rescue us. You rescue us through the cross, through your Holy Spirit. The good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you that Psalm 23 is not for the dead, it is for the living. This psalm isn't for funerals. This psalm is for today. This psalm is for Christians. This psalm is for pilgrims. The psalm is for those who who need to experience your goodness and be refreshed spiritually by you today. Would you refresh us? Would you restore our souls? Father, as we fellowship after the service and as we go from here tonight and we go into our week, would you help us follow the good shepherd? Would we have absolute and perfect confidence in his love for us? And for those sheep that don't know him yet, would we tell them? We tell them about the good shepherd. Thank you, Jesus. We love you.